Well, one woman was killed, over 20 people injured in the shootings in Kansas City uh, during the parade for the Chiefs. That was just last Wednesday, and it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of keeping the names of the shooters out of the news. Uh, John Lott Jr. is the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, and he joins us now from Ecuador. Uh, very nice of you to uh, go on go on with us immediately after you get off the plane, John. Thanks for doing it. Uh, always great to talk to you, John. I appreciate you having me on. So, uh, how are how are how are things in Ecuador? Is there a revolution going on there, or anything? Or you have to worry about me? <laughs> well, uh, they have had a lot of crime. Yeah. Uh, they have big drug gang problems down here. Uh, two years ago, the last kind of official murder rates were twenty six per hundred thousand people. Just to give you a comparison, the murder rate in the United States is a little bit over five per hundred thousand. Wow. Uh, but it's kind of the old joke about outrunning the bear. You don't need to outrun the bear. You just have to be faster than the other people you're with. Yeah, right. And uh, and the problem is is that uh, the president before the last uh, did a lot of things that made it so that it wasn't risky for uh, the drug cartels to set up shop in, in Ecuador. Uh, the new president that just uh, came into office uh, just last couple of months uh, has tried to be a lot tougher. He still has things that he has to do. Uh, but, you know, for example, uh, past presidents have disarmed the uh, local police in the country. Uh, and there's been a lot of corruption. When I was giving talks to police groups in last August, one of the things that police would tell me over and over again is the saying, either accept silver or bullet. Basically, you either accept the bribes or they kill you. And a lot of the police would tell me that uh, 60% or more of the police were taking bribes from the drug cartels. So there's a lot that they have to do here. Wow. So um, getting back to uh, the United States of America, the shootings in Kansas City, what do you make of what's being reported about that? And, and how, how is that is uh, likely to compare to what actually happened? Right. Well, I mean, I think one thing is pretty clear. You had two gangs, probably drug gangs, uh, get into a skirmish with each other. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish the media, rather than just talking about it, is, or the police there just talking about it, be some type of disagreement that two people have to be a little bit clearer on uh, exactly who's involved with this. And, and it's, I think if they were more honest with us, it would kind of make it a lot more difficult for a lot of the narratives that are being put out there. So, for example, uh, we hear calls for uh, gun control here afterwards. You know, the notion that you're going to be any more successful in stopping drug gangs from getting a hold of guns than you've been in terms of stopping them from getting a hold of drugs to sell just isn't serious. I mean... Uh, I assume most people don't think we've been particularly successful in stopping drug gangs from getting a hold of uh, uh, illegal drugs. And, you know, it's not like uh, a, a drug gang can go to the police and say, look, this other gang stole our drugs. Can you help us get them back? Yeah. They have to set up their own little militaries in order to protect that extremely valuable property that they have. And even if by magic I could click my fingers and cause all uh, guns in the United States to disappear and all illegal drugs. How how quickly do you think it would be before drugs started coming back into the United States? If you live in El Paso, 20 minutes. 
And how, how long do you think it'd be before they'd be bringing in the weapons that they need to protect that extremely valuable property that they have? They'd be bringing them in at the same time. And, uh, you know, it's the type of thing we see around the world uh, and other places. Uh, you know, Mexico uh, has had one gun store in the country since 1972. Uh, the most powerful gun that you've been able to legally buy in Mexico since 1972 is a 22 caliber short round bolt action rifle. Uh, and yet, even though they've had such draconian gun control laws, it's less than one-tenth of one percent of the population legally licensed to own a gun. Uh, their murder rates have more than doubled since that law went into effect. Uh, in some recent years, uh, their murder rate has been as high as six times higher than the murder rate in the United States. And, you know, the drug gangs in Mexico are getting a hold of uh, uh, the weapons from around the world just as they're bringing in uh, the illegal drugs from around the world. Well, um, so there, is there still only one gun store in Mexico? Yep. One. One gun store. It's in Mexico City. It's run by the military. Even even the twenty two caliber short round bolt action rifles, which I guarantee you are not the guns that are the drug cartels are using, uh, are extremely expensive. And just to apply for a license in Mexico costs like $2,500. And, and it's very unlikely that you'll get approved, even if you pay the two thousand five hundred dollars in the process. Well, that that seems like a pretty good deal for the uh, for the crime committing community. They know that nobody has a gun. I mean, they don't. Them. That's exactly right, and that's the problem you have to worry about in the United States when they're talking about all these different types of gun control laws. You have to be careful that you're not passing gun control laws that are just primarily going to disarm law-abiding good citizens. I'll give you a simple example. In the United States, Chicago and Washington, D.C., we tried having handgun bans. Uh, You look any place in the world that's banned either all guns or all handguns, every single time murder rates have gone up. You'd think out of randomness, once or twice it would go down. Even in island nations, which you think would be kind of the ideal experiment, where they don't have some neighbor that they can go and blame uh, for supplying the guns, Mm -hmm. murder rates have gone up sometimes three, four, even sevenfold after the ban. And there's a simple reason for that, and that is if you pass these laws and it's overwhelmingly the most law-abiding good citizens who obey them, you may take a few guns away from the criminals, but if you're primarily disarming the law-abiding good citizens. Uh, You just make it easier for the criminals to go and commit crimes because they don't have to worry about somebody being able to go and defend themselves. And as you mentioned, uh, and I think everybody knows now, the shooters in Kansas City were teenagers. But uh, within, you know, 15 minutes after it happened, Joe Biden was out there saying we need stricter gun laws. Are they ever specific about which laws they think would have prevented it? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they often bring up these things. So that after the Uvalde report came out, Biden listed three different gun control laws that he needed to have. One, the first one, his first priority was getting background checks on the private transfers of guns, uh, these so-called universal background checks. But would it have stopped Uvalde? No. Would it have stopped any mass public shooting this century? No. But the press doesn't ask him. 
I, 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 it just drives me crazy that the press will go, you know, will just repeat this as the solutions to it. And you would think somebody would say, okay, you want your, your first solution is background checks. On, would it have stopped that attack? Why is this the number one proposal that you're putting forward if it wouldn't have stopped the attack? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of talk in the immediate aftermath about the fact that Missouri had uh, passed a constitutional carry law in 2017. Right. What? Well, yeah, what? I mean, if okay, you look at the, the murder rates or the violent crime rates, violent crime actually has fallen. Uh, there's been an increase in murders, but it's much less. It's like half the increase between uh, uh, 2016 and 2021 of the national increase. I mean, murder rates across the country went up in 2020 and 2021, but they went up much less in uh, Missouri than they went up in the rest of the country. And the increases were limited, really, to uh, – Kansas City and St. Louis, which are run by Democrats and which were cutting back on police and doing other things, having uh, a district attorney in St. Louis County who, uh, you know, didn't want to prosecute violent criminals. So, you know, they can go and blame uh, the increase uh, in murders for uh, for the constitutional carry bill. But you know, presumably they're going to have to explain why it went up much less there than the average for the rest of the country and why, you know, they don't believe things like having a Soros-backed prosecutor who's not who's refusing to prosecute all sorts of uh, violent criminals, uh, why they don't think that's responsible for the, uh, the increases that primarily occurred in St. Louis and also uh, Kansas City. Well, I have a few minutes left here, and I, I want to make sure I ask you this because this is what's been this is what drives me crazy. Uh, I've been asking, I've been asking up on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, for the last three or four days. Has anybody seen or heard a story about anybody investigating where these teenagers got their guns? And right. I, I'm, I've yet to have anybody tell me that they found one. Maybe there's one out there somewhere, but I haven't seen it. And here's the thing, John. This is what I don't understand. You have teenagers with guns. Right. Now but it's illegal for them to have the guns. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's teenagers with guns who just killed somebody. And right. and any other thing like this, if a teenager uh, is out driving around in a car when he's 14, somebody will say, who allowed him in the car? How did he get in the car? How is right. it that that's not the first question that people are asking? Wait a minute. This kid's 16 years old. Where did he get the gun? Nobody asks. Right. Why is that? Well, I can tell you why. Well, look, if it was somebody that went into a, a mass public shooting at a mall or a school or something like that, they would ask, and they would there'd be news reports on it. The reason why there are no news reports on this is because they're obviously drug gang members, and uh, and and it goes against the narrative because people would know that it's basically impossible to go and stop them from getting the guns. Just as we're going to be successful in doing that and stopping them from getting the drugs. And so they don't want to point out the fact that how difficult it is to stop drug gang members and gang members from getting guns. 
And, and so that's the reason why they ignored that here, because they don't want to make it clear to people uh, how hard it is to stop them. We're talking to John Lott Jr. He's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Okay, so that's that is maybe uh, I can understand the people not wanting to um, go against the narrative or they don't want the, the truth to come out, as you just described there. But what about law enforcement? If, if when they have these kids, uh, I don't know how much right. you you look into this stuff. This kid gets arrested. He's he's still in in uh, in behind bars somewhere, juvenile detention or somewhere. Yeah, sure, right. What well, are I'm they? Sure, he's being held as an adult. Yeah, but what are they saying to this kid? Hey, kid, are they asking him where he got the guns? Or are they saying, listen, you're going to go to you might you might only go to jail for 25 years uh, for this because you're going for a long time. But if you don't tell us where the gun is, you're, we're going to make sure you go for fifty. How about that? I mean, do they ever use the the, the their uh, power to get this information out of people, or do they? Or right. is it more more likely that they they use them as as uh, plea bargaining, and they 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 tell them that, that uh, you know they're just the 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 gun the gun we'll, we'll let we'll, we'll let the gun charge go if you just tell us you know who shot who. Right. Look, I don't, I don't know what the strategy is right now for them, but surely all sorts of types of plea bargain deals, hopefully they're bringing up and they're raising uh, for these individuals that are there. Uh, you know, given the number of people who were injured, uh, they're facing a lot of penalties mm-hmm. for that, to be honest. And, uh, you know, so how much they're going to be able to reduce it is going to be limited. But how often are they, uh, really, how often are they, are they pleading out the gun law and just forgetting about the gun laws in order to make it easier to get the murder conviction conviction or whatever it is they're looking for. And they just drop the gun issue. Oh yeah. The, that's true all the time. I mean, you look at violent criminals I mean, basically the people who get, hit with gun charges are basically otherwise law-abiding citizens who maybe made a mistake on something. Yeah. But if you're talking about somebody who's a violent criminal, uh, you know, usually it's only the top charge that they go and get them after. You know, they don't go and get them for illegally carrying a gun. They don't get them for, uh, you know, illegal possession of a gun. They don't get them for all sorts of other penalties that they could get them that way. So, I mean, it's disappointing. Kind of wonder what's the point of having them those types of laws on the books. But uh, unfortunately, that's that's the way it goes. Well, hey, John, I'm I'm, I'm really uh, uh, I really appreciate the fact that you took the time. I know you just got off a plane and you have work to do in Ecuador, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. But I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I appreciate you being there. Okay, so, all thank, right, thank you, thank you. That's John Lott Jr. Crime Prevention Research Center. We'll be right back.